You're listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast, the podcast where we focus exclusively on all things local to the DMV area. Local investors, local knowledge, local experts. Our journey starts now. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to this week's episode of the DC Real Estate Podcast. My name is Russell Brazil. I am an associate broker with Arlo Real Estate. And I'm Sarah Frank. I'm also an agent with Arla and on Russell's team, the District Invest Group. And my name is Amir Tabrizi, and I'm a local marketing expert, as I like to call myself. Yeah, so this week we're talking about one of the subjects that is near and dear to my heart. It is a subject that has changed my business dramatically. Normally, we're talking a lot about the investment side of things, um, but about half of our listeners are real estate agents. And if you guys can really... uh, pick up on these concepts that Amir is going to give you, it can really be transformative for your business. So Amir, give us sort of the the breakdown of like what the two kind of biggest main types of marketing are. So first of all, I want to give you guys kudos for the setup you have here. It's awesome. Awesome. Thanks. Um, That you got a pretty cool sign behind you. That's really, really got me envious i want one in my house um but so the really the two big ways of marketing the one big way used to be what we call outbound marketing which was this like intrusive way of marketing where they call you at 5 36 o'clock when you're sitting down trying to have dinner and then the telemarketer is ringing your phone and then you got grandma running to try to pick up because he thinks his aunt Shirley calling. And then it happens to be a guy asking you, you know, if you've had a chance to read up on something they sent. Well, when the internet boom happened, um, this new way of marketing came about, which is called inbound marketing. So those are the two main ways of marketing. Now you have inbound marketing, which is much more permission based It's kind of built through like trusting your content and so on and so forth. And then the old school way of doing marketing, which is outbound, which is, again, that intrusive way. Yeah, and that intrusive way is the way that they teach you to do things when you first get into the business, particularly if you happen to be with a older school brokerage that's been in business for, you know, 10 or, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Right. So cold calling cards, mm-hmm. postcards, <laughs> direct uh, mail, doors, things like that. Yeah. Door knocking. <laughs> and imagine somebody knocking at your door these days. You're probably like, um, it actually happened to me yesterday. <laughs> this is a great, good timing on this. Um, like the clean water act people were out because of the incinerator on 95 mm-hmm. and they were knocking and, the look on their face when I actually answered the door was hilarious. They had been getting, I could hear, I could hear them coming. I could hear the door slamming and they're like, get off my porch all the way down the block. I, I gave them money just because that's something that I actually like think is a good cause. But if it had been anyone else, I would have been hiding upstairs, you know, looking out the, <laughs> looking out the curtains until they left. Cause man, it's annoying. <laughs> yes. So that intrusive way of marketing, like what you just finished on, Sarah, which is like, it's annoying, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so that intrusive way of marketing is exactly like Russell said, like that's how they teach you when you come into the industry. Like like six years ago when I joined Eric Stewart Group along in Foster, when I looked at the way they did marketing, it was cold calls, like what's the recent expireds, like what's been withdrawn from the MLS, and then how many mailers can we send out and like who can we do this with and then like blitz nights and all this stuff. And the results of that was just atrocious. Like 
nobody's nobody even has house phones anymore, right? Like nobody has a landline anymore. If you do, it's because it comes bundled up with your cable or whatever. If anybody even has cable anymore with all the OTT stuff going on, but that is such an intrusive way of marketing. Now, I will tell you, there's definitely a balance to it, and I'll and I'll cover that a little bit later. Where you can do this, like through t- to trial and error, we found that there's like a really good mix where you can do some outbound marketing to get kind of immediate business, and then to build your database through inbound marketing. Yeah, so it's interesting because you said it was kind of useless what they were doing, and so the the sort of the industry standard conversion rate on outbound marketing is 2%. Mm-hmm. So that means for every lead that you generate, you need to generate 50 viable leads for one of them to convert to business. That's what 2% is, right? So how many how many doors do you actually have to knock in order to get 50 leads? How many phone calls do you have to make to get 50 leads? We're talking maybe definitely in the hundreds, maybe in the thousands, just to get one transaction. So on top of that statistic, listen to this. The average human gets at least 2,000 outbound marketing interruptions in a day. And that comes through like your spam inbox, your email, your phone has like the spam blocker on it now. Like you can get tools and stuff. Caller ID, spam filters, all that stuff. So imagine 2,000 ways that you can get interrupted in your day. Right? Like that's... Too often, right? That how many times market. am I going to get a call about my car warranty being expired? <laughs> I think that's something we're all going to take to the grave with us. <laughs> They're going to come knocking at the end of the world, like, "Hey, listen, your car's extended warranty is expired. Do you want more?" <laughs> um, so yeah, so the permission-based marketing, which is the inbound marketing, versus the interruption-based marketing, which is outbound marketing, it doesn't work anymore. And also, like for example, Sarah, you said you just started in the industry what ninety days ago. Mm-hmm. You didn't come in with three hundred, four hundred thousand dollars saved up in a bank account, and most people are exactly that way. Yeah. So imagine if you wanted to go to a radio station, let's say WTOP right now, you would have to spend almost a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand just to have some traffic, not to be relevant, not to have it run. Like so, that old school way of like interruption based marketing. It's costly as well. And who's listening to the radio? It's not enough people. Not, not enough people. <laughs> let's, hope, let's hope that those former radio listeners, though, are listening to podcasts. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah, that's a good point, though, because this podcast, like, how you have the setup costs, but it's not costing you that much money to do a podcast. Right. Substantially cheaper than doing a radio ad. And you can, based on how you market the podcast, you can... Get ten times, if not more. Well, than we'll that. get into this. This this podcast is a forum of inbound marketing, um, and it is why it is a great piece of marketing that has worked extremely well. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of the basics of like inbound marketing, right? Like we've talked about the what's outbound, what's inbound. I'm kind of give you something. So the basics. actually we didn't really get too much into what actually the inbound is. We kind of just kind of glanced on it. So That's very true. Give us the examples of what inbound marketing is. So I'll give you the um, Google definition of it. And then I'll give you some bait of kind of give you some ideas of like how the way that inbound marketing has kind of like changed the industry. So inbound is essentially a strategic approach to creating valuable content that your customers or your clients that are looking that have this pain point, right? So for example, they want to buy or sell a house. That's their pain point. 
through content, you target a specific audience and your customers are your customers because of the solutions you provide to their problems, right? So meaning that they build trust with you through your content and they feel like, you know what? I know Russell or I know Sarah. Like I want to do business with them because I have heard them talk about what, you know, what makes a bedroom a legal bedroom or what's going on with the market without her like hammering me over the head and me like work with me, work with me, work with me. So it's a it's a essentially a strategic approach to putting your message in front of the right people at the right time versus hoping that the right people see it at the right time. There's so much to unwrap there that is so good that I definitely want to make sure the listeners point out it's the right message to the right people, right? So there's this saying in real estate, there is riches in the niches, right? And I think you'll find many of the big time agents uh, of which Amir works for one of them, Mm -hmm. they attack niches, right? So your team um, has a very specific niche, not that a hundred percent of what you sell is in that, um, you know, Eric runs a uh, widow care organization. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's putting marketing out there in front of a specific niche, you know, type of person. I work primarily with investors. So I'm putting my marketing out there in front of the right people, like you said. Yeah. And it's got to be the right message. Absolutely. Like if I put out a message about, you know, how to run Facebook ads to investors, they're not, they don't care about running Facebook ads. But who might take advantage of that course or that session or that episode could be the two of you. You might want to be like, hey, I just got started in this year. I'm taking up this specific message or so on and so forth. I want to get it out to the right people. And so the basics of marketing are attract, engage, and delight. And immediately off top of your head, get rid of the whole sales funnel picture I hate the sales funnel. It's like gravity pulling at it and then it gets tighter, tighter, tighter and you're squeezing people through. That's such a friction filled way of doing business because it's like you're forcing people to go through this process, whether they're ready or not. Mm-hmm. But in the inbound marketing world, right, in the inbound, anything inbound related is kind of like a flywheel. It's not a flywheel, right? It's frictionless. You move as you kind of will. You move when you're ready. So the basics, the basic foundations of inbound marketing are attract, engage, and delight. And then I'll kind of dig deeper into kind of what those different phases really mean and what you can do to kind of go through those processes as well. Yeah, I love specifically that you mentioned the words attract and engage, right? Because that is part of my personal strategy I use with social media. Social media is a type of inbound marketing. Mm-hmm. I try to attract the people to me that are like-minded to me that are going to connect with me better than someone who's completely different from me, right? So by attracting people that think like me and act like me, um, I have a better chance of converting them to business. Yeah, absolutely. And so attracting, right? Like any type of attraction is kind of like drawing in, right? So you draw in the right people with valuable content and conversations that establish you as a trusted advisor, which when it comes time, they'll buy your product or your services, Mm -hmm. Right. So you're putting out content on what's going on in this crazy market. I might not be ready to buy or sell right now, but if you continue to put out that content, what's going to happen is that eventually when I think about it, when I think about like, you know what, I may be ready to talk to a realtor, then I reach out to you. 
you're not knocking at my door saying, come talk to me. It's time when I'm not ready. So that attraction phase is probably where 50 to 60% of people either just stop doing because they're so worried about, I need to engage them. I need to talk to them. As long as I can get them in front of a Zoom or a phone call, I'll close them. I'm not ready to be closed. So why are you forcing me to down this funnel because you got to meet your sales qualified, market qualified leads? Like it just doesn't work. So the attraction phase comes with great content on blogs and social media. And of course, this way, like podcasting, video casting, anything you can do, as long as you're putting content out there, that's a way that you can attract people. And through the content, through what you put out and what you talk about is how you find those right people. If you are putting out generic content, you need to target buyers and sellers. For example, talking about a market update, that's something that a buyer and a seller needs to know about. As long as they're informed and as long as you're the one bringing that information to them, they're going to love you. If you're doing blogs or if you're doing guides, if you write about what are the 10 things they can do before they sell their house or where can they put a dollar in to get $2 back, that's a great way of producing content and attraction. Because when you attract them, that's where you do the majority of the lift. When you've put out that content, The consumer will build 70% of their trust with your brand in that attraction phase. So imagine you show up to a listing appointment and all you need to do is show them what the price is, what improvements they need to make, and they're ready to sign with you. How many of that? I mean, I'm sure a lot of us would love to do that versus let me go in, let me pitch them, let me tell them why I'm different, let me tell them why I charge the commission I charge and so on and so forth. Imagine all that stuff being done for you prior to even show you showing up to that appointment. Yeah, it's such a great example. So when my current brokerage was recruiting me, one of the things they pitched me on was, and we can help you turn your listing presentations into gold and you're going to compete better. (laughs) And I was like, I don't do listing presentations. And they're like, well, how do you get listings? I was like, the people who call me are already sold on working with me. I don't have to go in there and do some song and dance and give them some awesome visuals. Like, no, they already know me. They've already established that trust through following me through social media for sometimes years. Right. Um, The average person buys or sells a home every seven years. So I'm not just targeting people that I want to buy or sell next week. I want to capture your business five years from now. Yeah. No, that's exactly it. And I'm sure, you know, as someone said, we just like just started in the industry. Like that is such a huge, it's time consuming. Okay. Don't get me wrong. It's time consuming to do, to do research on what you should talk about. It's time consuming to understand what's relevant and it's not relevant, but we have this amazing tool, right? Called Google. And like Google is free and everybody uses it. So if you're interested in looking at what people are talking about, you could literally type it into Google and see what the competitors are doing and then write something about it, write your version of that story, right? There's a reasons why sometimes sequels work and sometimes they don't. Or when they, when Disney remakes movies, like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But majority of the time you understand and you're comfortable because you know the story of it. everybody does market trends. Like everybody talks about what's going on in the market. And guess what? All of us will use the same data. 
Because the data is the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The data is the same. But the way that you tell the story is what people fall in love with. Some people love me. Some people hate me. Some people like to work with you. Some people don't and vice versa for you as well. So finding the right people is what's going to make the biggest difference. And consistency in doing that is where I think 95% of agents fail. They start it, but they don't ever wait it out. They don't do the same thing day in, day out, yeah. week in, week out, month in, month out. Right. Because we have a society built around immediate results, right? Uh-huh. And the immediacy of creating this inbound marketing strategy, it's not getting me a transaction next week. Yeah. Maybe knocking on a thousand doors might, but it will get you more business more consistently, but you have to be consistent with it. Right. And it'll also drive down the main thing where I think all agents should focus on, which is what's your cost per acquisition? How much does it cost you to get a lead? And if your business isn't sustainable because you have to fork out five to six to $7,000 every time a lead comes in, then guess what? You're going to meet, you're going to get to a point where your income doesn't match your expenses. And that's a recipe for foreclosure and a bankruptcy. And we see a lot of mega teams, right? Yeah. right that are selling 50 million, 100 million, $200 million. And you look at their books and they're like, they're barely profitable because yeah. their cost of acquisition is through the roof. Yeah. It's just not an option for a new agent. Like you just can't yeah. do that because it's not proven. I mean, personally, in my mind, it wasn't an option. I wasn't going to do that. You know, yeah, like, like they, he's like we talked about, you didn't have $200,000 saved up to. <laughs> no, I mean, you put yourself in the hole and then yeah. start making money. And then it's especially like I joined as an agent, probably in one of like the hardest times to join as an agent. So yeah. I was definitely not going to do that. I mean, yeah. you already cost money to get a license and join all the associations and yeah. all that stuff. So that was something when I was picking between brokerages, I had went and had lunch with Russell and he was, you know, very adamant about the, you know, I don't really spend money on this. I use bigger pockets, which mm-hmm. was something that I was already really involved in. I mean, that's how I met Russell. So I, it's easy for me to just continue what I was doing already basically, and just turn that into a way to get leads. Well, and it's funny because when you did join, you talked to uh, one of the, uh, someone at our brokerage who said, We'll get you set up on marketing to your sphere right away. I'm like, no, we're, I was like, I don't want you learning their bad habits. I don't want to have yeah. to unteach you. Well, I didn't want to do that either. Right. I was like, my parents can't know that I'm an agent. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not going to go and ask because those people, they would, if they did work with you, it would be out of pity. They're like, oh, Sarah's an agent yeah. now. Let's, you know, one of the, give her some attention. One of my biggest philosophies is not going out and begging for business, right? Yeah, it looks bad. Um, it, one of the biggest things that transformed my business, and I made this discovery um, while working in the same brokerage as, as uh, Amir, was I needed to figure out a way where I was not chasing the business. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make the, ch- the business chase me. Absolutely. I wanted to make myself so valuable in their eyes that that the consumer would look at me and be like, I have to work with that guy. Yeah, and that's the, and I think that's the, the unfortunate aspect of like the, the the world of real estate, there is this kind of notion where everybody looks at you and goes, you're just a glorified babysitter for a house, right? And it's so false. Like maybe that's how it was in the past when the consumer's knowledge of the industry or whatever wasn't there because we didn't have this thing called Google or the Zillow's or the Redfin's or the Zestimates or Estimates and all this stuff that – 
automatically generated through AI, but we're not glor like and a real estate agent. And this kind of like bugs me when people are like, well, you're just glorified. No, we're not. A realtor is a sales agent, a marketer, and is essentially your guidance into buying or selling your biggest investment in life, period. Navigating complex legalities of it. Um, My real estate agent once changed the oil in my car for me when we broke down on the highway. (laughs) Yeah. So like, I'm just saying. Right. So like, (laughs) so we're mechanics, you are therapists, lawyers, financial advisors, but we're not any of them. Like we, it's funny. An agent say, well, I'm not a, I'm not a lawyer, but what I can tell you is Mm -hmm. that and nine out of 10 times they are probably right because they've seen it. But the unfortunate part of it is that in Europe, to, to what you were saying, Sarah, is like they, these brokers bring you in and they say, you know what? We're going to enroll you in these, these, like these five or six things and we're going to teach you our ways and hopefully it works out for you. If it doesn't, sorry, you just become a number on the failed agents file. But why don't you take the time to not just say, hey, pick up your phone, take, pick up, you know, call 10 people and get them to do business with you? But that's the same way as cold calling. So I might as well go call, cold call people. And then guess what? Your relatives are probably the worst people to work with because they want you to cut your commission, right? They don't think you know what you're doing. They're going to question you at every single turn. And guess what? At the end of the day, they're just going to give you business out of pity. So what's the point? That yeah, you definitely described what it's like for me to work with my family. There you um, go. They are the hardest <laughs> people to work with. Yeah. And so what's the point of doing that? Why don't you teach agents the proper way of building longevity in the business? Like, yes, inbound marketing could take you six days, six weeks, six months, six years, whatever. But imagine you are now like when you go to the grocery store, you don't buy the same like you don't go to the grocery store and go, you know what? I'm just going to fill my fridge up with this type of fruit. You grab different stuff. Like there's variety in everything we do. There's variety of cars. There's variety of phones. There's variety in everything we do. Why is it that in our industry, they say you got to do it this way or you're going to fail? We're so set up in those ways. And the biggest issue is and people that like you, Russell, who have looked at this as an entrepreneur and as actually as a business owner become successful. Like, as you mentioned, so I work with the Eric Stewart group of Long and Foster and Eric, I will give him credit. Like he's looked at this as a business and that's why he's been able to be in business for 30 something years. And we attract great agents and he's allowed us to, you know, take these ways of inbound, outbound marketing, so on and so forth. But the environment where he was taught how to do business was the old school way of like, if you don't spend money, nothing's going to come in. So like, that's just such a toxic way of starting in the industry. Spend money to make money. It doesn't work that way anymore. Yeah. And it's not that all of what we're talking about is completely free. Right. It's just considerably better. The the deployation, how you're deploying your capital yeah. is going to get a higher return with right. inbound marketing. So um, right. Because yeah. our licenses cost money. The MLS costs yeah. money. So there's always some form of money. But the blanketing an entire city with direct mail <laughs> week after week, month after month. It it works. It's it just, it's a very high cost, yeah. you no know, thing value. to do. You're not providing value. And I yeah. think that's where the power of 
inbound marketing comes into play, especially when you work in a niche like investors, like the more granular specific information you can provide, people will go on bigger pockets or Instagram, whatever, and see that you've already given them value. So they trust that that's going to, it helps build that trust level. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about the attraction phase, right? So attraction is essentially like I'm a stranger and you take them from a stranger to a visitor and you do that through blogs, keywords, social publishing, so on and so forth. Right. The engagement phase is kind of where, in my opinion, and through the research I've done and what I've seen in the industry is where really kind of like the rubber meets the road. Like that's where it becomes where you make it or break it because, you know, we can put out content, so on and so forth. But how you engage them is very important, right? So when you when they go from a visitor to a lead, you do that through filling out a form or a call to action or like through a landing page on your website. But what you do with that information is key. There is, you know, there is like the Zillow way I like to call it, which is if you're not the first, if you don't call them within the first, like what, five seconds, you've lost them. Like yep. they've gone to another. I think if you creep on them and say, hey, Russell, listen, man, I saw that you were on my landing page and you liked one of the blogs that I wrote. You were looking at what makes a bedroom a legal bedroom. Do you have any questions about that? That's so intrusive. It's like, okay, so you're tracking me now? Like, why? You can still track them. Don't get me wrong. A huge part of inbound marketing is like pixels and tracking tools and so on and so Mm -hmm. forth. But you don't have to be creepy about it. Like, give them more content through smart tags or give them more give them more content through behavioral studies right so if you're looking at five things on my landing page that's about selling a house why am i going to sell you buyer's information i'm going to keep sending you sellers more information about sellers market research where to put a dollar to get two back so on and so forth to engage you and then guess what you're going to do you're going to reach out to me and you're going to say hey amir i saw these three blogs i loved what you wrote in here I think my house is worth da 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 because everybody goes and checks out their Zillow's estimate, which is a whole nother ballpark. <laughs> but um, and then so now you've built a trust with my brand. You know what I'm going to say to you. You know what I'm about. So I'm going to come to you and say, you know what, Russell? I'm glad you like what I wrote. I'm happy to see that. When can we talk next week? Right? Does Tuesday or Wednesday work better for you? So now you set up a time to chat with them. You get a little bit more information about them. You probably already have their you know, name and email and sometimes a fake phone number. So now you can verify the email. You can verify the phone number and say, okay, well, what's your address? One, two, three, Main Street. Great. Well, you know what? I actually just sold a house right around the corner at 135 Main Street, and I was able to get the seller an extra $50,000. Boom, right there. That, they're yours. It is up to you to blow that lead now. So that attraction phase, that engagement, that when you go from attraction to engagement, the engagement cannot be creepy, right? And it's such a constant thing that people do. They'll tell you, like, if they click on this, call them immediately. Why? Imagine. No, everyone's worried about being tracked, right? right. So we don't want to do that. Right. I mean, like, exactly. So, like, you don't want to seem that way. You don't want to be tracking them. You do want, I'm sorry, you do want to track them, but you don't want to be creepy about it. But use that tracking information to give them what they need, right? So if their behavior is a selling Sally, as we have it in our database, um, then we go, okay, cool. We're going to take that information and we're going to give you everything that comes about selling, whether that's a webinar. That's another way of engagement. 
You can set up a Zoom meeting or a Zoom webinar or GoToWebinar, or you can even do it through Google if you want. Like, put your content out there. We're all so scared of the, the old school way of doing it was like, I have the secret sauce and I'm not going to tell you what it is. We do the same thing, man. We put the house on the market. You put a sign up in front. There's sometimes a brochure in there. Somebody will see it on Zillow, Redfin, or the Bright MLS, and then they'll come and make an offer. There is no secret to it. Like, we all know how it works now, right? So give them the secret sauce, quote unquote, and allow them to fall in love with your brand through engagement. And then they'll become your best friends. So then that leads you into that engagement phase. Once they're engaged with you, once they've called you, now delight them. Be their advocate. And the way you delight them is give them the help and support to make sure they're successful. If you get the seller what they're looking for, if you get the buyer the house, if you can help them, that becomes the delight phase. And then guess what? After that, even if you screwed up, the best way to find out where you need to improve is by simply asking. Like Russell, um, you know, I know we were trying to get this house sold for fifty thousand over asking. You know, I was able to get you forty five. But if there's one thing that you would give me as feedback, what would that be? Like, just humble yourself. Like, ask the question. I love that because that is something, right? Real estate agents are an ego driven industry, right? So. Asking how you can approve from the consumer, something people don't do not want to do. Yeah. I mean, how many times are you on your are you on an app, right? And the question pops up, do you like this app? You can say yes or no. No matter what you choose, they will take if you say no, they'll ask you how they can improve. If you say yes, they'll ask you to rate them. So imagine if you as a consumer come to me and say, you know what, Amir, I liked everything you did. Except the marketing wasn't good enough or except I wasn't really happy about this. Eat that. Come back to them. Be humble and apologize. I'm sorry that you experienced that. This is how I'm going to fix it. Now, you just took this person who you sold their house or helped them buy a house and you turned them into a fan. And through, again, through smart content, through social monitoring, through the things that happen in their world, you can build a unlimited amount of referral business, which costs you nothing, maybe costs you a CRM. Most brokers have that now, right? Or sometime on social media or whatever it is, it doesn't cost you much to ask to ha- to build this fandom around your business and for them to refer you business. Well, it, it's interesting because it's coming back to a very typical sales technique and even a relationship technique that you're kind of uh, touching on is, People want to feel like they are heard, right? And so whether it's the consumer, whether it's your significant other, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's your friend, people want to feel like they're heard. And if you are asking them for their feedback and actually listening and hearing them, you're giving them what, what you want. And again, that's just going further to building the trust level with that other individual. And the more and more someone trusts you, um, it's just going to, you know, snowball. And th- like you said, they're going to refer people to your business. Yeah. They're going to become a fan of your business. Yeah. They're not just going into Best Buy to buy a TV. They are trying to get their friends passionate about using you for the same experience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that uh, the light phase, I think, is one of the phases that and the and kind of like. Well, so after the settlement's done, most agents will just forget about you. Right. 
Hundred yeah. percent. Yep. And so, what did you say, Russell? You, earlier, you said the average person buys or sells a house every what, like seven, seven years. Seven years. So, okay. Yep. So, in seven years, imagine how much has happened in their life, and you think they're going to remember you if you play out of sight, out of mind? Well, there's a fascinating stat. Um, there's if you ask a consumer in the one month after they've bought or sold a house, mm-hmm. were they happy with their real estate agent? And would they use them again? And like. The numbers are incredibly high. It's like 80 or 90%. And yet something only like 5% of people actually repeat with the same yeah. uh, agent. And if you ask them why they didn't, uh, it's, it's like an, it's an insanely high amount. It's like 90% don't even remember who the agent is yeah. that they bought with seven years ago. Yeah. So that business right there, like not asking, not being humble Right. Like people, like you said, people just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. I want to know that as a consumer, if you listen to me and you actually implement stuff, then I'm going to refer people to you. And I'm going to tell them that, you know what? Even though I had this experience, Russell Amir said he was going to fix this because Russell made this recommendation and he's now fixed this. And look, he's actually done it. I made a difference. People want to make a difference in people's lives. Right. So, like, allow them to give you that feedback. If you don't agree with them, that's okay. You don't have to. And sometimes, right, sometimes it is our job as an agent often, is, right, as we alluded to earlier, is to be a therapist. So it's a, relieving the anxiety of the consumer. Sometimes that feedback gives us the opportunity. I didn't like the way you did this. Yeah. Well, let me explain why we do it this way. We actually right. have a reason. But sometimes I forget that as a consumer, you don't know the hundred reasons why I'm doing X, Y, and Z. Let me walk you through it. Yeah. And again, that just goes back to now I've pinpointed what their anxiety point is. Yeah. I can relieve that by filling it in with valuable knowledge. Yeah. So part of part of the follow-up, right? Like a lot of the agents will probably lose their way in the follow-up. 99% of the tools that are out there can automate your follow-up. So here's what I mean. A good example of this is if you go on, let's say Amazon, right? Or even any type of Shopify, you know, backed website or anything. You put something in the cart and then I leave, right? I I like leave the website or I shut my computer off, whatever it is. The day after you see that same shoe as an ad somewhere else, Mm -hmm. or you get an email from one, two, three, or ABC store it says, hey, Amir, you left this on blah, blah, blah. Actually, we have a sale on it right now. Do you want to come back? They're constantly reminding yeah. you. They're not sitting there sending that email to you. They're automating it. They're going into their workflows, right, or a sequence of emails, and they're saying, hey, if Amir takes this action, I want you to do this. If Amir takes this action, I want you to do this. If he does nothing, I want you to do this. If you just simply ask marketing, the inbound marketing way of things, 95% of it can be automated. You can set up an email for the month after they sell their house with you or buy a house with you, six months, a year, year and a half, two years, three years. So imagine they're constantly getting an email from you. They might not open it every time, but that's okay. They still see your name. They still see your brand. So they say, you know what? Then they're at a dinner party and they hear, oh yeah, you know, so-and-so and I are looking for to sell our house or looking to buy a house. You know what? I got a perfect agent for you. Guy did a great job. Listen to what I had to say. Here's his name. 
So now you have a vetted lead handed over to you on a silver platter. They're going to do business with you because they, they came from a trusted source. So that way of doing business, it's huge. And automating your business, you can have things go out without you even knowing. Yeah. So uh, it's interesting. Pat Kilner wrote a book not that long ago called Find Your Six, and it is basically about referral business, right? And how to get it and how to establish trust with your clients. Because when the client, when your former client refers someone to you, the chances of the conversion there are dramatically higher, right? The cold leads, 2% chance of conversion. The referral is something like 15 or 20% chance of conversion. So um, those rates go all the way up again. It's about making, automating that marketing to keep these People as fans, as relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, Social media is huge in that too yeah. because you're not just posting about, you know, agents who use it a lot. You're not just posting about real estate, you're posting about your life. And, yeah. you know, you might have a dog and your client has a dog. And, you mm-hmm. know, that's an example that Russell had given me. But you're yeah, able so I, to stay in front of people in a way that's yeah. more casual and not so forced. Because, like, think about follow-up emails. I don't open like 90% of the emails that I get, mm-hmm. but I go on Instagram as a choice. Yep. Like you don't, you don't go through your email inbox as a choice. You do it cause you have to, and you, right. you, you want that number of unread to go down. But on Instagram, I'm on there cause I want to be on there. Right. So I can't be mad at any information that crosses. Yeah. I, I love that you brought that up because I, I tell so many agents, one of the biggest mistakes they're making is having a separate business first personal account for whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Cause the consumer will connect to, with you over who you are as much as what you can do for the business, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a dog owner too. Oh, I my dog is good for three listings a year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whoever you – I said this to someone yesterday. Whoever you are, be that person to the max on social media because you're going to attract the people that are like you. Yeah. Absolutely. In real estate, there isn't that division between personal and business. Like your personal is your business, your business is your personal. So breaking down that wall is important, I think. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's huge. I mean, if you're, if you can, and I'll I'll tell you a quick story. So I was in the, I needed to sell my car and my wife and I are heading out to the dealership. And literally as soon as we sit in the car, I'm like, I'm not buying a car. I want to buy a car. I just want to go in here. I just want to see what they have. I don't want to do it. Okay. We get to the place and I had called in, I'd set up an appointment. And so we get to the place, it was probably like a week after I had called and set the appointment. We get to the place and the guy's like talking to me and he's like, Hey, you know, I looked you up. I saw that you have a rescue. So we, so you have a pit as well. So we, you, mm-hmm. know, we, you have a rescue. What's, can you, t- you know, I saw that his name was Tucker. I'm like, Holy crap, this guy's good. Like I'm now, I'm now excited. I'm like, this is cool. So he's asking me about my dog. He's telling me about his dog. And then he slowly leads into like, hey, I saw that you had put out this video on social media about marketing. Like, how do you think I can improve my marketing? Within the first 15 minutes, literally in my head, I go, I got to buy a car from this guy. Like, I love how he's approaching me. Did not talk about a single car in the first 15, 20 minutes we were there. Well, and he made a huge... Not a, mis- not a mistake. He made a huge, gave himself an advantage yeah. by asking you something because people love to be asked <laughs> yes. about things that they know things yeah. about or even things they don't know anything about. People love to be asked for yeah. help or feedback or whatever. So he got you in the, the dog and then he yeah. got played to your ego by asking you a question. So right. I, I always <laughs> think the consumer I always find is a little surprised when I am trying to 
find out about them instead of, I spend, you know, maybe half my time in a house talking about the actual house and the other half of the time I want to know about them. Hey, do you have a dog? Do you have a cat? What do you, what sports teams, where are you from? Um, Because again, it's all about connections, right? And also as a business owner, I want to work with people that I like, right? Um, I don't want to work with someone I don't like. So if if there are connections where I can form a friendship with this person I'm talking about, yeah. I'm going to have a – I'm going to enjoy working with you more if I can have an actual relationship with you instead yeah. of just opening a door and telling you about the foundation or the paint or yeah. something. So needless to say, I walked out of that dealership with a car. <laughs> what you get? I got a Nissan Maxima. Nice. So I, I was like, I'm not going in. I'm not getting a car. <laughs> I was sold like 20 minutes yeah. out. I was like, I'm buying a car. I got to do it. This guy is awesome. And so what he has done so far, and I've sent him three people that were looking to buy cars. What he has done so far, he texted me the week after and said, hey, how's the car treating you? A month later, he said, hey, we actually have a special on a car wash. I know their car wash was like broken when I bought the car. So he was like, hey, or some, there was some sort of shortage or something was happening. And they were like, hey, he's like, hey, come back. I want to I want to come and detail your car. I'm like, hey, no, don't worry about it. He's like, no, no, listen, I'll come pick it up. Don't worry about it. Comes to my office, picks up the car, takes it back, details it, brings it back. Two months later, I'd like the, the dude's been in touch with me and I'm not annoyed about it. I'll, be, yeah. I'll tell you this. There's times where I just ignore him. But he's all, because he stayed in front of my mind. Anybody who has said, hey, I want to buy a car, I'm like, hey, you got to call this guy. And that is the difference between someone who is a transactional salesperson, uh-huh. the the relationship ends with the transaction, versus someone who is actually building a business for the long term. Yeah. Um, and kudos to him. I know. That's, I mean, the guy was great. Um, so I think we've talked a lot about like the generic ways. Here's a few kind of key things you can do when it comes to like kind of the attraction phase and then the engagement phase and like the delight phase. So when you start with attraction, the best thing to start out with is social media, mm-hmm. blogging, videos, blogging. Yeah. I, is that cause like, I wouldn't think that that's still ineffective. So I, give me your take on it. Is let it- me tell you, because Amir sort of touched on this without you even realizing it. Um, he's talked about, what are the legal requirements of a bedroom? Mm-hmm. If you Google what are the legal requirements of a bedroom in DC, mm-hmm. one of the first links that comes up is a link back to Amir's <laughs> blog on the Eric Stewart Group's website. Uh-huh. Um, I've Googled this a thousand times because I I've, I've, I've <laughs> forgot these things. And every single time I've, I'm like, oh, yeah, he they've got the first one there. And like yeah. sometimes I've texted him or Eric or Robert and like, look. I just Googled this and you guys came up. Um, it is a, it's, it's uncanny. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, it's because it's out there permanently, yeah. right? But so so it's, let's talk about the structure of a good one, because I feel like I, when I hear about blog, I think like, you know, when you open a recipe and yeah. you just want to get to the recipe, uh-huh. but it's like, my husband came home late today. Like, <laughs> I left his slippers. I just like put the whole life story and you're like, fucking hell, just give me the recipe. Sorry, I'm trying to edit that out. But, uh, but yeah, it's like all yeah. the way at the bottom. So that's what I think of. Well, I think it's about, it's not just about constant creation of the blog it's providing value right yeah. so the if the information is valuable mm-hmm. i'm adding the value to the person that that's there right 
understanding that a bedroom in DC is 70 square feet, needs egress, all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. that is a valuable piece of information that I'm constantly looking for. And when I'm looking for it, I'm coming back to their website. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be long. It's it doesn't. Article. So yeah. I think, I think where a lot of, I won't say agents, I'll say content marketers mm-hmm. go wrong. Sure. Is they think, <clears throat> excuse me, they think they have to write the story of how the world has like created and like what happens in year one year. Like you don't have to do that. Start with a catchy title. Okay. Mm-hmm. First thing you do is how, what makes a bedroom a legal bedroom? Simple search. Yeah. Okay. Then you lead into with a teaser. Did you know that the legal bedroom in the state of Maryland or Montgomery County or blah, 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 seven by seven by seven has to have a closet and it has to have, you know, a window that's leading out, whether it's an egress or whatever. Da, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Okay. That's it right there. Quick, quick input right there. So if you're in it for a quick run, boom, I got you covered right there. Then I dive in. Then I start with my first initial sentence that says something probably along the lines of, um, what's it called? Something along the lines of like, you know, we're going to do in DC, Maryland, Virginia, it's different, so on and so forth. Like that type of thing is different. Right. And then, then you lead down into kind of the sizzle on, like you start with the sizzle on the steak and then you go down into the meat and then you give them a takeaway. Right. So you take care of the stuff at the beginning who just wants to come up quick in and out. And then you kind of lead down into the nitty gritty of it. A thousand words is a perfect blog post. You don't need 3,000 words. You don't need to tell the story of time. Like, just get to the point and then give them your perspective. Like, I think where a lot of people go wrong is they try to hit every single keyword that they see online. I have to fit in these seven keywords. Why? You can just target those keywords, right? Like, and I can tell you a little bit more about like targeting and so on and so forth and keyword research and all that fun stuff. But for example, like, if you want to talk about what makes a bedroom a legal bedroom? What's the difference? You know, what, what's an EMD, right? Or capital gains taxes or so on and so forth. Like, just look up what others have written as a prep session for yourself. If you have any questions, again, use this amazing thing called we have Google. Use that. Get your story down. And then you can launch that. And, you know, the blog is good for the SEO aspect. Yeah. But even if you – even just getting the information out to the consumer, just – Put it on a page on your website, yeah. right? Like it, that's better than not having it, yeah. right? So I have a I have a page on my website that is all about multifamily and house hacking in the DC area, mm-hmm. right? So when people come across it, like, oh wow, this is information I wanted. Or when someone contacts me that wants that information, I just send them a link to it, and they're like, oh wow, it's if this guy already has this out there on his website, he's the expert at right. it. Yeah. So I think that's the, the misconception is like, I need to write this amazing blog. And if it's not good enough, it's not going to work. Like people will, people will build a trust or brand trust with you. Right. So social media, right. Like 80, 20 rule, 80%, you know, private, like not private stuff, but like your personal life, 20% can be business. If you have a business page, great. Post your stuff, like cross post your stuff. People are not going to just block you. Like I've heard this so much. Well, my friends might not want to see all this real estate stuff. Guess what? They're just going to scroll right past it if they don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sit. It takes three clicks to block someone. You think yeah. they really going to sit there and click three things to block you? Like, no, they're just going to scroll right by. Meanwhile, the amount of agents I know who are upset when their friend or family member didn't um, use them. Like, well, how often were you posting something about real estate? Yeah. 
Well, they forgot you were a real estate agent, yeah. right? So it's a simple concept we call it, don't be a secret agent. Uh-huh. How many times do people go on, and I'll say this because my wife does this a lot, she'll, she'll go on Zillow and like look up like a $3 million house. Every day, all day. Right. That's like, literally all I do. So <laughs> so we do that for, like we want to look at, like we're kind of nosy at nature. Like we want to see like what does a $3 million house look like in this part of Virginia or this part of Maryland? People are interested in real estate, yeah. right? You go to a party, someone is a podiatrist, no one asks the podiatrist like, <laughs> too much information about what what their job is like, right? Uh-huh. But you go to a party. Oh, oh, you're a real estate agent. Everyone wants to know how's the market, right? How's the market and when will it crash? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. everybody wants to talk about real estate. Yeah, and it's funny when it comes down to like I've been trying to make reels for Instagram, mm-hmm. and I can make one that's like actually valuable that has like real estate information. Yeah. But the one that it's just a video with music of a house is yeah. going to do eighty times better yeah. than the other one. So. I'm like, why even try? I'm just gonna but be go consistent with it, right? Like, yeah. for example, I'll give you, I'll give you someone who, and I promise, like all the stuff that I'm telling you, I've tested it out, so I'm not just coming out with it. So Robert Garcia, who's an agent who you know very well, um, he's an agent within the team. When TikTok came out, I said, Robert, just follow my plan, follow my structure. Give me six months, okay? And I promise you, you'll grow. And I said, just buy into it, just. Do as I tell you. Don't question it. Just do it. Is he on TikTok? He is yep. on TikTok. I'll let you look him up. I'm going to look it up. Robert Garcia, realtor, and tell me how many followers he has and how many likes he has. Okay. Well, mine's all like um, dog That's videos, okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> your for you page is probably filled by dogs. It's literally all dogs. All That's right. okay. Mine Robert is the same Garcia. way as well. Is it like Robert Garcia, yeah, realtor? Yeah, Robert Garcia, realtor. It's exactly what it is, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or is it just Robert underscore Garcia? I'll see. Yeah, realtor, but it should just be Robert Garcia, realtor. Okay, yeah, it's popping up. 12.5 thousand. And then how many likes does he have on his videos? Um, so his last one, he got 44,000 views, 549 likes. There you go. Yeah, he's So, if so do you think plan. that's valuable to be in front of uh, 45,000 consumers? I think that's pretty valuable. Well, okay, but let's, let's break that number yeah. down, right? Like 45,000 people, right? Let's say you attract 1% of them. Yeah. Where in this industry can you say I stood in front of 45,000 people, 1% of them gave gave a crap about what I said, right? So I'm not saying that everybody needs to be on TikTok. Just use the tools that are in front of you to help you grow. And there's so many of them. Yeah. So there was also another way. I said, Robert, I need you to get on YouTube. First, he didn't listen to me. I'm like, dude, get on YouTube. Do these videos. No, I don't like this. I don't sound good. I'm like... Give us a crap, man. Just get on the damn thing. Give give some content. Zero subs when we started about a month and a half, two months ago. He's now up to 481 subscribers and over 44 videos. And the dude is knocking out of the park. He went to the Apple store the other day to get a new phone, right? He tells them he's a realtor. Goes, hey, you know, you can find my videos online on YouTube. Didn't sell himself. He just said, hey, you can find my videos online YouTube. Guess what? The lady who sold him the phone has now reached out to him and said, hey, I'm interested in potentially selling or buying my house. Not ready yet. Two years ago. He just bought himself a potential business Mm -hmm. in a year or two. The point is people just want content. They will pick and choose what they want to see and what they don't want to see. So if I'm you, Sarah, what I would do is I would come up for someone who's just started in the business. Write this down. I would, <laughs> I will, I would come up with a content strategy yeah. 
of what it is that you think people want to hear. And the best person to tap into is like literally I would just ask Russell, Russell, what are the five questions you got this week as a listing agent or with investors? Right. Yeah. Take those five questions and make videos about them. Make videos about them. Yeah. And you I'm just don't such a perfectionist. A, I'm but, exactly what Russell's, Robert was talking about because I would be panicking. Like oh, people don't here. care about what you look like. People don't care about how you're saying it. People don't care if you cuss because guess what? If they don't like that you set the word fuck on their on the video or your TikTok, like. They're just going to go on to the next person. And the people who care. are happy that you said fuck yeah. are like, I can relate to that person. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait, she's down to earth. So my challenge to you is come up with 90 days worth of content. doesn't have to be 10-minute videos. This could literally be 30-second videos. <gasps> this could literally be you taking your dog to a dog park. Oh, well, I do And that talking about – and that's perfect. That's okay. content. Hey, this is, this is a dog park I like to go to because of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Right? Okay. Like – that's content. And guess what? As a dog owner, I'm going to look at that and go, I kind of want to work with her because I want to meet her dog. If your dog gets you three to four deals a year, kudos to you. Make it happen. Yeah. So we talked about video content, social media. You can get on Facebook. You can get on Instagram. You can get on TikTok, whatever you like. Get on there. You don't need a fancy editing tool. You can literally use the tools that are there for you. There are apps like ClipChamp. I actually think the unprofessional stuff performs better because it's yes. realer. It's not it, – it does not appear like it is marketing. Absolutely. So, yes, that does work. Some people like to have certain things that are like, oh, I want it to look this way or I want text at the bottom. You can use apps like ClipChamp, Filmora. Or you could even use the app that's on, like TikTok gives you editing features. Like you can edit your voice or so on and so forth. Like you can do it all. You can enhance things. If you have a MacBook, uh, you can use iMovie. Um, and then as a PC, again, like Filmora, ClipChamp and all that stuff. Canva is a great marketing tool. Create your graphics there. You can edit videos there. You can do intros and outros. And literally the best thing is this is all templated, right? Mm-hmm. You go in, you pick what you like, you make the edits, done. Yeah, and what we really need to do, so we have a virtual assistant, we need to hand off a lot of, we need to come up with the ideas, hand them off to our virtual assistant to spend the time to make these for us. So great point. So let's, let's take that to like another level. So imagine if you asked your VA to do topic research for you, hmm. right? There is an app, it's a plugin. And by the way, I don't get paid by any of these guys, so this is based on use. Um, there's an it's a extension on Chrome or wherever you want to use, whatever platform you want to use, called VidIQ. Mm-hmm. VidIQ goes directly on your YouTube, okay, your YouTube channel. And VidIQ, when you post your first video, will give you daily ideas. Mm-hmm. You can take those daily ideas, send it up to your virtual assistant, Right. And by the way, you can tell me how much your virtual assistant costs because it's pennies on the dollar of what it would cost to have somebody in the house to do that yep. stuff. You well, my VA that. costs exactly what your guys did because I got them as a referral for you guys. <laughs> See, <laughs> referrals work. Yeah. Referrals work. Um, pennies on the dollar. I mean, it's fractional what it would cost you to do this. Um, so you send those video topics to your VA mm-hmm. and you have them do topic research they go into google they type in whatever there is that you want to talk about they send back to your script topic like articles about it and then you sit down for five minutes maybe 10 you look at that stuff and you go cool i got an idea what i want to talk about pick up your phone 
Shoot the damn thing in front of you. You don't need a fancy mic. You can use the headphones that come with your phone. And then once you start making some traction, invest in it. Mm -hmm. But the one thing that I tell you, the three things that I'll say to use, patience. If you're going to come to me and be like, well, Mir, you told me to do 90 days of videos and I don't have a lead, I'm going to tell you to bug off. Because you are not going to get a lead from, like, be patient. Mm -hmm. Tracking tools. TikTok has a tracking tool. Um, Excuse me. TikTok has a tracking tool literally built in for you. You don't have to do anything about it. You just post it. It tells you what you do. Instagram has a uh, tracking tool. There's no reason why any of you should not have a business. business. Like your your profile should definitely be a business profile. Mm -hmm. Literally, you take your profile, you go onto the setting, you click business, tell them what industry you're in. And guess what? You now have all these tracking tools, right? Tons of tools out there if you really want to pay for it. And the last thing, the famous words of Joel, words of Joel Embiid, trust the damn process. <laughs> it will work for you. I'm telling you, it will work. So blogging, videos, right? Great ways to get content out. Blogging still works. Blogging will be one of those things that will never go away, right? Because it's always going to be there. Some people want to read things. Uh, if you're doing videos, make sure you got some captions on there because we do live in the DMV and people are on the subway looking through their phone. Captions, again, automatic captions can be done on TikTok. And accessibility reasons for yeah. hearing problems. Absolutely, right? So like you have all those things. You can use an app called Describe, D-E-S-C-R-I-B-E, I think, or something like that. You can Google it. You'll find it. It will literally take your video, write it all out, and Describe will even, like, let's just say I say one thing wrong. You can highlight it, type in the text. It will take your voice, sounds just like you, and we'll say that word. Hmm. So if I said cat, yeah. So if I said cat and I want to say dog, I just highlight cat, change it to dog, and it works. That's pretty cool. Can you yeah. say I'm gonna raise your commission splits loudly. <laughs> <laughs> this is being recorded, <laughs> so you can use it at any time. So that way, this inbound way of marketing, right? I mean, there's tons of other stuff to it, and I think we might cover that at a later episode or whenever. But there's like SEO and all this other stuff, and like ads and so on and so forth that we can cover at a later time, but. This way of inbound marketing, the attraction, engagement, and the delight phase is huge. You attract them by the content you put out. You engage them by asking them the questions and giving them the content that you've already done, right? Like unsolicited CMAs are great, right? Like everybody always wants to know what their neighbor's house sold for and people will find you. They will find you and they'll say, hey, what's, what's my house worth? Right? Because they don't trust their estimate, which they should never trust their estimate. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any questions about your estimate, just Google um, Zillow CEO's estimate and then tell me how you feel about it. Um, and then the delight phase. Don't play out of sight, out of mind. Don't be afraid to ask what you did wrong because you are a human being. And on top of it, you're a real estate professional. So you did something wrong, 100%. Ask them how you can improve your systems and procedures or the, the, the experience they had. Set up automatic emails in your CRM to make sure that you are always in front of them. Stop looking at people as just transactions. You're not Target. You're not Bed Bath & Beyond. You're not this big brand that everyone's going to come back to. You are an entrepreneur at the end of the day, and you need to stay in front of your consumers at all times. This is great stuff. So, Amir, where can people learn more about you and what you do? Um, 
So you can Google me. Uh, my website is Tabrizi Consulting, T-A-B-R-I-Z-I Consulting.com. You can find me on Instagram, Amir Tab, A-M-I-R-T-A-B-92. I've started to do, it's interesting, I told Robert to do YouTube videos and then he looks at me after and he goes, are you going to start doing something? Like, yes, I am. You can find me on YouTube. I'm also on TikTok. Um, if you go to my Instagram, you can see majority of my content there and then all my social feeds are there or you can go online and find me there. Um, and one of the things that's kind of cool about what I do um, is there's a, in this industry, right, like... Somebody like me would cost your company upwards of $150,000 because it's the experience, it's the planning, it's the systems. However, the same way you have a VA, there's something called a fractional CMO. Essentially, what I do is I can I come in and I actually have a pretty cool offer for your audience, but I haven't told you about it yet. Oh. So you can um, you can tell me to bug off, but I won't it won't matter because this is going to go live anyways. Um, so. A fractional CMO can really help you. Somebody like me can come into your business, show you the systems, show you the procedures, help you set up your planning, right? Like I can sit down with you and say, hey, these are the things you need to talk about. Here are the tools you could use if you have a VA to show them how to how to best use the VA. I help you with your systems. I help you with your procedures. I help you with your marketing. And you pay me fraction of the money. And then after a certain time, essentially, I work myself out of a job because you're up and running to a point where you won't really need me. Yep. So everybody should always think about having somebody like that because, again, like where where I started when I started with where I was, um, like they hadn't broke into the hundred million dollar. Um, they were like they would always get there, but they couldn't break into it. So I got on. We set up systems and procedures, and like we're well into the hundred millions now with our production um, consistently we'll do a certain amount of business and that's through the certain things that we're able to plan budget and systems that we've set up to be able to be successful. And it's, it's interesting because a lot of people don't understand how big these numbers are. The amount of teams that do a hundred million a year mm-hmm. is like less than 500 nationwide. We're uh-huh. talking about a very small amount of people that can achieve this. Even when I, I was talking to another agent the other day and I told them I want to grow to a hundred million and they're like, Oh, you'll be able to do it. It's no problem. I'm like, <laughs> no, it, it, there's very few people nationwide yeah. that do that. Like people don't understand how, how big of a number we're, that is. We're in the top 1% of agents in the nation. A fraction, even That's, the top fraction of a 1%. The top 1% of the, the agents. Yeah. We're talking 2 million. Just two million people that are yeah. realtors. Uh-huh. Talking five hundred people that do a hundred million. Yeah. Like, so you can do the math yeah. and figure out where that lies in that right. fraction of the one percent. So, and we don't get there just by going out and just like forcing people to do business with us. We create strategies and like plans and like you know. And I can't be you're everywhere. not worried about the next business, right? Cause your yeah. business is not dependent on how many doors you knock. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, we have, we've found the perfect balance of inbound and outbound marketing. And I can cover that quickly. Um, it's kind of like outbound and things you can do. Um, but so we found the perfect balance and there is a perfect balance for everybody, whether you're just starting out or not, there's a perfect balance for everybody. You just have to ask, you just have to look into your resources you have out there and then you're able to actually be like, you know what? I can do it this way. And somebody like me doesn't have to cost you $150,000 a year. 
like I will consult people, a small team for five fifty a month, for five hundred fifty dollars a month. Right, that is nothing based on what people make in this area. I will come in. I will give you. We will have certain calls, certain amount of time in a month, and I'll give you certain. You know, I'll hold you accountable. I'll help you with the systems. I'll understand your back end of your business, and then I'll help you be a business owner, not just a real estate agent. Like if you're going to think about just being an agent for the rest of your life, what's going to happen to your brand when you when you when you're done? What's your retirement plan? What's your exit strategy? What systems do you use? Do you have a CRM? Do you have a CMS? Do you know the difference between them? Like I can scare you shitless right now by naming all these things, but these are the things that I've picked up from working with Fortune, you know, 500 companies to, you know, working with, um, you know, working on the hill to then coming down to real estate and understanding, like I can tell you how you can grow your business. And it doesn't have to cost you 150k. It can cost you five, you know, five fifty for a small six, team. seven grand a year, six, like seven that. Grand a year. Just think of how much money real estate agents piss away. Oh yeah. Trying this new shiny thing, yeah. that new shiny thing, like like so many of you out there have spent far more money than that on stuff that doesn't work. Yeah. So we do it with you know you know one or two agents, and then um, you know when it comes to bigger teams, so on and so forth. Of course, the price will vary, but. Really, what it is is just having a plan and having somebody hold you accountable to the plan. Yeah. When you pay for something, it's gonna like I I don't I don't and I'm very picky with the people I work with. Like if I have a first conversation with you and I see that you're all over the place, I'm just gonna say, hey, listen, this isn't a good match for us because I'm not just I'm not just here to just take your money. Like I want to see you succeed. Because to me, that delight phase is very important. I've attracted you. I've engaged with you. Now it's time for me to deliver what I'm telling you I can deliver. And if I can't do it, I'm good as my name, right? I'm I'm as good as my name. So I want to make sure that I'm delivering for you. And so I will be very picky and choosy on who I work with. Because if you're not committed, I won't do it with you. Just the way that I was able to get Robert to a point, and again, complete kudos to Robert as well for like trusting me in the process and being like, you know what, I'll listen to you. Or for somebody like Eric to look at it and say, you know what, I'm going to trust Amir to run my marketing the way he's running it. And then to be able to make those changes and be okay with making those changes. um, That's huge. And if you don't have that, and if you're just going to be all over the place, this just isn't right for us. Yeah. Um, So... I'll cover this quick thing and then, um, you know, we can, we can either plan another time for the rest of it or yeah. so on and so forth, but outbound market, like we've, we've kind of like been bashing it on the head for a little bit, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you some good stuff about it as well. So outbound marketing involves proactively reaching out to consumers to get them interested in your product, right? Simple as it sounds. Outbound marketers are driven by the push. Like I push myself onto you, I invade your private space, whereas inbound is much more of a pull marketing, right? Like I put everything out there, I kind of pull the net in, and then if there's fish in it, then it's great. The benefits of outbound marketing is instant results. Consumers can't miss it. And it's this thing where you just like throw it out in front of people and just be like, okay, people are going to see it, right? Whether you're interested or not, you're going to see it. The 10 examples of it are that have been successful. I'll tell you the successes that we've had. Um, Cold email outreach. People will choose to either open it or not, right? Costs you pennies maybe. If you're really into doing outbound, like 
that's a decent way you can do things. You can download much cheaper than every door direct mail. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Don't, I mean, if you have to have a lot of money to do direct mail, like we send mailers out and our budget is well into the hundred thousands for what we do in a year. And so, so, but we can do that because we're doing, because you're a huge team. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, the, so you might be surprised, but social media ads are actually a hybrid of inbound and outbound marketing because yes, you're putting your message out there, but it is targeted. Um, do you mix in a call to action with the social media ads? Yeah. So like, for example, we do webinars on a biweekly basis. Mm -hmm. So in that, like if we're doing a webinar on how to sell fast and for top dollar, I highlight the things we talk about, 10 questions to ask a realtor before you hire one, where to put a dollar to get two back, like those things like that. And at the bottom of it, I will leave room where it says get more information or want to know more and they'll click on that. I like that. So you're using the ad to drive them to the valuable content. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I do, and this is kind of where it gets into like the the SEO world, I use off-page SEO, which is the targeting and putting it on Facebook and then Instagram and so on and so forth. And then I tell them the ad value of it, right? Like I'm going to tell you how to sell fast for top dollar, how to market properly, so on and so forth. And then when they click, it becomes on-page SEO. Yeah. Then I'm like probably have a video up. That's Eric, myself, or Robert explaining to them like what we're going to do and like what they can expect at this um, at this webinar. Excuse me. So like that allows you to do kind of this hybrid. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this, but this has worked in the past. Trade shows and events. Like there's tons of trade shows that happen around this area. You can reach out to uh, senior communities. They have like open houses and such, and you can show up to those events. And you know well, what seems show. to make sense there though, is right. That's the idea of getting in front of the right people, right? So, yes. cause you mentioned the senior event. So that's Eric getting in front of his target audience. Absolutely. Yes. So that's where I was going to go with it. It's like to, 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 when you show up to a trade show, like if I show up to an investment trade show, that's a waste of my time. Right. I do nothing with investors. Yeah, we got some builders in our database and so on and so forth. People want to flip their house or so on, but whatever. But like if I try to come into your trade show and pitch them on something, they're not interested, no. right? So picking your target audience is huge. And there's this really, really cool thing that CRMs, majority of them do, which is called lookalike audiences. So imagine you pick your top 10 best sellers or buyers, right? And you have their behavior recorded in your CRM and you tell Google, I want you to find me with this much money. I want you to find me people that do this, that have the same behavior. Interesting. Okay. Everybody's worried about being tracked to, I mean, this shit's over with, man. Every, everything you do is tracked. Like it doesn't matter. You're, if you're scared of it, you're too late. You should go back to your flip phone or hope that BlackBerry comes out with whatever it is that they want to come out with. But Essentially, you're going to use the power of AI, artificial intelligence, and tell the computer or the search engine that I want you to find consumers people. like this. Uh -huh. Consumers like this. Ours do that? Consumers that can do I don't know. <laughs> Looks like camera. Does your CRM do that? There you go. So that's a question. If you're a new agent, right, or if you're in the middle of negotiating with a broker or so on and so forth, like ask them, yeah, what's your, what, what things can I do within the CRM? Can I set up automated emails? Can I set up workflows? 
Is there a sequence that we can set up, right? So when a property goes from, like for us, when a property goes from a listing appointment to a quiet listing phase, like that's what we just call it when we have the, as Eric would like to call it, the SIGI. Like when we have the signature on listing agreement, like there's a certain amount of emails that get sent from A to B. Yeah, That's all automated. You can't have somebody sitting there sending out all those emails at a time. The amount of volume we do, we just need to have five or six people just doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. It's all sequenced. Does your CRM have a workflow? Automation emails, sequences. What's the tracking? Can you add Google pixels? Can you add Facebook pixels? What's the Google analytic tools? Like this is all the stuff that somebody like me, that's the value that we can bring, that I can bring to your team or whoever it is that you're with. And you don't like, it's okay for you to say, I don't know how to do this. Like that's why there's consume. That's why there's like people like me out there to say, Hey, I can help you with this. Yeah, this stuff is so cool. I remember being in your office one day and you were showing me some of the things that the pixels were doing. You're like, <laughs> the person hovered out, was hovering their mouse over this part of the page for this amount of time. <laughs> so we knew they were interested in this, but didn't quite want to click. And I was like, this is fascinating. Yeah. You're telling me how you could blast ads at them, yeah. like that were targeted towards yeah. the parts that they were interested in, yeah. like this stuff is so cool. Like when you get into the nitty gritty of I mean, it, it's, it's huge. And it's like, you can use the tools that are at your disposal or you can just ignore them and fall victim to somebody else who will. So prime example is you can, for example, beat out any agent who's been in the industry for 20 to 25 years. If you're consistent with your marketing, grow your brand. Like, let me ask you this, Russell. Do you have a Google, my business page? Yes. Okay. Do you have a Google My Business page, Sarah? I don't think so. Okay. What is that? You should create a Google My Business page. Google My Business? Yeah. So liter- Google has this amazing tool. It's called okay. Google My Business. Google My Business. Or Google, Google Business or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. If you set up a Google Business page, guess who shows up when somebody goes on and says, says you're, you know, Russell Brazil, right? If you don't have a Google Business page... Right. And it's literally this like weird icon to the right side mm-hmm. of the page where it has like phone, website, oh, all that's like direction. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like so many agents don't have that. It's free. Yeah. You don't have to have a Google account. You can literally run it with any email ad mm-hmm. that you have. And then guess what Google does? They give you five hundred dollars for free when you sign up for Google My Business to run ads on. So right then and there, five hundred dollars. You can go right now, go to Google. Type in Google My Business, put in the ad, like write all this stuff, like put it in there. What's the name of your business? So on and so forth. And for you, your name, you know, and whatever affiliation that is like together with your team, Russell, but like that's now you're double dipping. Mm -hmm. So when somebody looks up realtors in Rockville, Maryland, you could come up because you're now sitting there like they see Google My Business and then you get some Google reviews. Boom. Yeah. That's how you start. Like these things are free. Yes, they cost you a few hours here and there, but that's you investing in your business. This is where you have to think of yourself as a business owner instead of just a sales agent. Right? So like do those free things. Take advantage of that stuff. You should be all over Google. Right? I don't care what you're doing. Make sure that your business is registered with Google. Doesn't mean you have to pay Google for their workspace fees. It just means you just go on Google, sign up your page, put in your address, put in the hours you work, put in your phone number. We get at the Eric Stewart Group, we get close to 27 to 30 million impressions a year 
a year of people off Google. That's amazing. Yeah. We get probably close to about a million to 1.25 people that actually click. Mm-hmm. We generate anywhere between 150 to like 200 sessions that come to our website. Right. And then out of that, we probably generate anywhere between like 50 to 75. Uh, I don't call them leads. Because I think that's very contacts, yeah. not leads. Like you just, you just got to understand where they are in the process. Yes, they end up being leads, but they're contacts. These yeah. like unique impressions. Yeah, these are all unique impressions. Um, now, of course, we have a we have a heavier marketing budget, and then we do all this other stuff, and like mm-hmm. we have uh, you know, SEO specialists and so on and so forth. But like anybody could do this stuff. It's not yeah. rocket science. Like just go out, find ways to do things, um, to do it. Um, to wrap out, to kind of like wrap up what we were talking about with like uh, outbound marketing, to create an outbound, mar- an effective outbound marketing strategy for your business, you need a big budget. If you have anything less than $100,000, you're in trouble. Like if you send out, um, let's just say 5,000 mailers six times a year, it's going to cost you close to like 50 to 60K right there. Because huge investment, huge investment. Mm-hmm. And hopefully the right person at the right time sees it, but you're throwing money out there, hoping that that happens. Yeah. Big difference, hoping and then being purposeful about like the message I'm putting out there. Mm-hmm. One of the things I hate about outbound marketing or this like direct mail way is you're always going to sound like a salesman because yeah. you have to sell yourself. You have now just spent five, six, $7,000 for this batch of mailers that have gone out and maybe you'll get that business yeah. or maybe the call on the other guy. Yeah. So if you are trying to farm, look at events. Yeah. Like we have agents on our team that do something called donate and dump. This agent will pick a spot in Potomac where his farm is. He will call uh, a junk company. He will call a donation company. They will show up. He sends a mailer out to this farm area, door knocks drops off value content and says, Hey, I'm having this event. That's a perfect marriage of inbound and outbound marketing because now you're doing an event. You don't have to do a ton of events. Like you can do like for you, pick a spot you like in Baltimore, right? Pick a spot you like, call them up, winery, brewery, whatever it is. Ask them if you can, you know, partner up with a lender, right? Get two food trucks out there. Invite people to come. You want to build a database? That's the best way to do it. Invite people to come. Tell your friends about it. Guess what? 15 people show up. 10 of those people get on Instagram, take a video of themselves, tag you in it. Now their friends have seen what you've done. And we're actually doing that in about four weeks from today. We are going back to one of our our first live in-person events. We're excited about. Awesome. So that's the thing. Like, you know, I know that COVID slowed down a lot of things and a lot of people. I understand that. But there are a bunch of outdoor, like we live in a great area where it's, you have so many options, mm-hmm. right? Do a past client event at the end of this year. So you should pick a time, maybe in November or October, whenever it is. Mm-hmm. And even if you sell five things, like five houses, help five buyers, whatever that is, do a past client event, bring them all out, thank them for the business they gave you. Mm-hmm. That's another touch. It takes 36 touches. For real estate for a real estate agent to convert a contact into a lead, thirty six touches. Do you want to make them hard on yourselves? Do you want to make it hard on yourself, or do you want to make it easy on yourself? Imagine if you can automate thirty of it, and six of it is actually you. And getting people in the room that are 
all on agreement like, oh, this person's awesome. And they're all talking about yeah. how this person's awesome. So it becomes reinforcing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know what our limitations on time are, but that's that's you, you'll tell me. <laughs> you'll give me the smoke signals. Um, but so, for example, I would really if I'm you, Sarah, I would really focus on how you're going to grow your business through who you are. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I saw your Instagram. Love your dog. It's a doodle, right? Everyone says that. Yeah. They just but they're like, a- I came for Walter. Like that's he has his own Instagram. I'm gonna delete it though, because he no. keeps stealing my business. <laughs> yeah, he's that's a cockapoo. It. He's okay. Beautiful dog. Yeah, he's ridiculously um, cute, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Um <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> I also saw that you are probably you're a fan of Peloton. Cody. Yeah, Cody Cody's the Peloton. man, yeah. He's funny. Yeah. Um so it's this easy for you to start touching base with people that are like you. Mm-hmm. Meaning, imagine if you talked about how much you love Cody from Peloton. And there's probably a bunch of people that will, you know, align with that. You don't have to talk business. You can just talk about what you like in your day-to-day life. Right. It's not but that only hard. 20% though, right? The rest well, needs that, to be, but it's personal. Yeah. Right. Like then the rest needs your dog to be. Is, yeah. Like for business. example, like the 20%, the, the 80, 20 rule. And then that's a, that's a rule I would say take with a grain of salt, but like 20% of it, look at that 20% as, um, when you close your first deal. And I think you said that'll be at the end of this month or uh, last, last month. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, how happy were they with you? It's an investor. I think it's a little different with investors because it's not like a sentimental. He was excited. But but so, <laughs> yeah. so, but that's fine. So like if you're if you want to go after investors, did you ask that investor for a video testimonial? No. We're still working with him though, because we're getting okay. it rented for him too. Like we're Yeah, so we're still that. like we'll in again, even yeah. though it's already closed, yeah. particularly when we're working with investors, the closing isn't the end of when we're done with them yeah. yeah so if i were you i would ask for a testimony yeah. i would ask them like what they loved with working with you and then that's something you can post that could be mm-hmm. your 20 percent. walking through properties showing a picture of like what you know you're you've seen this amazing house or you took it from this ugly thing to like this amazing thing or you mm-hmm. got this investor you know x amount of money like everyone's into like residual income now right so like get them that information so if you start on those things like it's it can it can literally jump you into the next level yeah. and help you close business much faster than whatever the industry standard is. Yeah, I don't know what the industry standard is on how quickly you actually start doing business. I know that it's you 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 go out faster. Um, I know in my first year <laughs> I did two deals and one of them was a property I bought, so really I only generated one other deal. But I think the the thing there is to say like the patience is where it comes into yeah. stand. Like if you're going to come in because you think you're going to make oodles of money the first year, like you're mistaken. It takes time. This is such a brand driven business, right? It's going to take you time to get your feet wet, to get the right person to come on. Now, if you have somebody like, for example, like yourself or Eric or somebody who's been in the business long enough that can kind of help you. That's why I always say like when agents, yes, you're going to join a team and you're going to pay them a split and so on and so forth. And you're going to do all these things. But like the amount of business you'll be able to do 
Like we offer agents a closing coordinator, a marketing team, marketing plan. You have access to a director of operations. You have access to systems. You have all of these things that allows you to do your business faster. Yes, it's going to cost you more than if you go with any broker. But imagine if you spent three to four years doing that, you've now built yourself a book of business, you've used that person's brand to build your brand, then you can do whatever you want to do. You can either stay, you can renegotiate, you can do whatever you want, right? That patience aspect is huge. And I think that's something that like not a lot of agents have. Um, they get into the business because they see their agent who just helped them buy or sell a house is driving a seven series Beamer. And they think, man, if I could sell three houses, I'm gonna make 50 to 60 K <laughs> it's DC. I just got to land that one, $2 million house. I'm going to do like, it doesn't just work that way. Nope. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and it's interesting because one of the biggest components in driving my business higher was in I didn't know it was called inbound marketing at the time, but it is when I made that concept change to what can I do to make the business chase me instead of me chasing the business? How can I put it out there in the world that I am an expert at what I do and make it elite to work with me? And it was, it's all these concepts, right? Just, I didn't have them written down as a B C like we do now, now that I understand that, Oh, there are actually terms for, what this type of marketing is. Yeah. And it's, and that's the huge part is that when you have an understanding of what you're doing and really invest in what you're doing, that's when you'll make the biggest difference. Right. Um, and now I have no fear of where's my next business coming from. Yeah. It's always, it's always coming now. But let me ask you a question, Russell. Was it an, like when you, at the time you didn't know, but you were investing in inbound marketing what made you be that much like wh- how were you so patient like you said you did one yeah. deal the first year right yeah. well, two let's just say you bought one for you so one what made you after that first year be like okay i'm going to i'm going to stick this out so i saw a few avenues where i was like all right i believe that doing these certain things are going to drive my business over time so it was having vision to understand that they would work one very simple one's instagram um, about five years ago, I decided I was going to invest heavily in Instagram. I believed that Instagram was going to be an amazing lead generation tool. I was going to do everything I could to grow my Instagram and put great content on there that people would engage with and hopefully create these inbound leads. And so consistently, every single day, I'm posting multiple stories. Mm-hmm. Whether I, If I'm too tired, nope. I have to post on Instagram. I just told this to um, someone yesterday. Mm-hmm. They asked agent in my office, what's the biggest thing that changed your business? I said, I said once, once I started spending hours a day committed to understanding and generating high quality leads through high quality lead generation practices, mm-hmm. not low quality leads through outbound marketing, but high quality ones through inbound marketing yeah. and just sticking with it for months and months and months and months believing that it would happen and it did. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. Like that patient factor of it. It's like you, you treated your, you treated the industry as a business, not as just a salesperson. Right. So there's two things. You can either be working in your business, which is where you get consumed, or you can kind of like step out and work on your business and have a one, three, five. Yeah. 
Like, what's your one-year plan? What's your three-year plan? What's your five-year plan? Like, if you don't have that, I would highly suggest you sit down and do it. There are two things that I always tell agents to use is a one three five planner. And this is how it breaks it down. What is the one thing you want to achieve this year? What are the three objectives you're going to have to essentially work with? So for example, if my one thing is I want to grow my inbound marketing, the three ways I'm going to do it is blogging, videos, and webinars. Then you take those three and you break it down into five avenues of how you're going to achieve it. Right. So for blogging, I'm either going to start writing stuff myself or I'm going to use a tool called Keeping Current Matters. Right. A lot of agents have access to that. I'll, I'll give you a disclaimer, though. If you start copying blogs from templated sites, like, for example, I know like uh, there's there's a few companies out there that are like, we'll blog for you and we'll do this stuff. Like if it's not original, Google will see that and they'll be like, OK. Seven agents have posted this today. This is not yep. original. Like they'll they'll kind of kick you to the back end. But if you need content ideas and how to write certain stuff, you can use Keep Card Matters and then write your own way of it. Mm-hmm. Always write your own story. Um, so there's tools like that that you can use. Like there, there there's multiple ways of driving traffic and being patient with yourself. But like use the one three five method. Use a four one one method, which is like what are the four things you're going to do this week. Right. So week one, week two, week three, what are the four things you're going to do? What is that going to achieve you for the month? What's that going to achieve for the year? So I tell all the agents that join us have 11 of these ready. And you're going to tell yourself like, okay, my yearly goal for this month is write three blogs, right? What are you going to do week one? Research. What are you going to do week two? Write the first one, write the second one, write the third one. It's one thing. That you're breaking down and you can either physically have it stuck on a whiteboard in front of you. You can put it in your phone, whatever it helps you see it. Use the tools that I have. It's 135 and 411. That's the easiest way to break things down. Because if you just kind of leave it in your head, you're just not going to get to it. You're always going to get busy. There'll be something to distract you and then you're on to the next thing. It's great stuff. So we're going to wrap up. This is actually a good uh, length in order to break this up into two separate episodes. Beautiful. So I'll actually probably use the end of when you told us about yourself earlier is the end of the first one. Tell cool. us again where to find out about you. So you can look me up on Google, Tabrizi Consulting, T-A-B-R-I-Z-I Consulting. You can find me on Instagram at AmirTab92, A-M-I-R-T-A-B-9-2. Same thing on TikTok. And if you want to reach out to me, you can call or text me at 301-310-6148. 301-310-6148. And I'll say this. I have a cool offer for your people. If you go onto my website, tabriziconsulting.com, and you'll see it on Google. It says marketing right at the end of it, so you can't miss it. And you go to the content. You can look at look through the website if you like it. If you look at the content, the contact us form and fill that out, and if you say that you've heard me on this podcast, I'm going to do a raffle. I'll pick one person out of anybody that applies and I'll give them a free 90 day trial of my services and I'll help them grow their business. That's worth over $1,500. That's worth over $1,500. How many $1, times $1, can I fill it out? Yeah. Um, just all my emails. Yeah. You might Here's want to put the, that limit in there. I will. Yeah. I will say it is limited to one person. However, if you like all my social media pages and subscribe to me on YouTube, I'll put your name in there maybe more than once. Yeah. Um, so 
Again, the end of this is to just bring you some content of how you can do things. Again, if you have any questions, you're more than welcome to call or text me at the number I gave, 301-310-6148. And thank you both for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And um, all you listeners out there, this, this information can transform your business. These are very, very simple concepts, um, and they can take you from being a struggling agent to a top producer. So really, really take them to heart, and we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the DC Real Estate Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you want to contact the hosts, reach out to them at info at dcrealestatepodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you access your podcasts.